Pablo for breakfast. People of the Pilbara. Hello and welcome to People of the Pilbara. Now this podcast series is all about you, the people of our town that make Karatha such a special place to live. And I think there's something really unique about people that come to a place maybe they've never heard of in the middle of a desert, apparently with nothing to do. But as we all know, a lot of us come for a six month to 12 month plan and end up staying a decade, like I did. So this podcast series, we're going to have a chat to everyday people that call Karatha home and find out what they do here, what they love about Karatha and what's next in their journey. And this week's guest is Alana Tostevin. We chat about what it was like growing up in Karatha as a kid, the best things about a Pilbara lifestyle, how she got into being a beautician and what it was like opening her business in town. Sit back, grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy my chat with Alana and her journey Call Karatha home. Alana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, now, usually we ask people on this podcast, how did you end up in Karatha? What drew you here? And there's usually some elaborate story of how people ended up in Karatha. You were actually born here, though. Yes, I was. So, what was it like growing up in Karatha? Do you want to reveal what year this was? Uh, oh, so I was born in 1983. Okay. Um, so, my memories of growing up here are very like fond. Mm -hmm. I guess um, it was a very different world that we lived in back then anyway. So I don't think it was specifically a Karatha experience. You know, Um, it was a very safe community to Mm -hmm. grow up in. Um, A lot of my memories are us kids just running wild. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I grew up in Bulgara um, right up until Mm. I, yeah, until I was like 19. I always lived in Bulgara and um I'm not sure if you are like familiar with the area, but there's like sections of, I guess we'd call scrub in between mm. all the blocks of houses, mm-hmm. you know? So us kids were just running wild through there. And I'm actually quite shocked that I'd never actually came across a snake yeah. like my entire life. Yeah. yeah. No, still to this day, I've never actually seen a snake in and around Karatha, which I think is pretty cool. I've had two in my backyard. So oh, really? Yeah, no, 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 but no, thank God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like just playing with kids in the street, running around, um, uh, I, th- I think the community back then was extremely strong and that mm. laid the foundation to why the community is the way it is mm. like now. So how did your family end up here? Like your parents, okay. obviously, yeah, cause the town was sort of brand new, right? So mm-hmm. people were coming here for opportunity, for, mm-hmm. for, uh, job prospects and yep. yeah, quite excited. I imagine a town sort of being built as you kind of grow up. So what? Yep. Drew your family here? Um, so I'm not exactly too sure the year my dad came, but he was 17. And um, and he actually came up as a FIFO trade assistant. Mm-hmm. So he did FIFO for two years while mum was still in Perth. Right. And then, um, yeah, they got married when they were like 18. Dad was 19. And then they, um, at the time, Hammersley Iron, um, finally allowed um, trades assistants to actually have um, an opportunity to have housing here. So him and mum made the move. Mm. And dad absolutely loved the lifestyle, loved the fishing, loved the camping, you know, the typical story like everyone else. I think it was a lot more adventure back then. Yeah. You know, all the um, all the well-known um, four-wheel drive, four-wheel driving and camping spots were like very new. Like people were literally out like 
paving away into yeah. those those tr- those out you know tracks out in the bush and mm-hmm. yeah it was actually really fun. Mm. <laughs> now I imagine a lot of people would have been trekking out to the islands and whatnot mm-hmm. then as well. Like that yeah. would have been a huge part of life. Yeah, well, like Sam was still living on Sam's yeah, island. Of course. Like, yeah, so like that was really cool because we could see it, but you couldn't go on there because it was his island. <laughs> hey, wow. So do yeah. you have do you have memories of that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I have memories of that. Very yeah, cool. we had boats like growing up, so we spent a lot. Never had a shack, but yeah, spent a lot of time camping out in the islands. Yeah. Now I'm going to ask you what mm-hmm. has made you not leave because uh, there's a, and it's interesting. We have spoken to some people that have been here, and often uh, Karatha sort of draws them back in. But mm-hmm. for you, you've stayed here the whole time. So is there any reason why you haven't left? Or? Um, yeah, I probably family. Mm-hmm. I think family has definitely kept me here. Um, when I finished high school, I had big plans of going off to uni and doing, you know, everything. There wasn't as much opportunity yeah. back then as what there is now. So pretty much probably about, I'd say a good 80% of my class like like left. Oh, left yeah. Yeah, yeah, they either they went, went down south or mm-hmm. they um, went to uni. Um, I stayed um, for family. Like my parents went through a divorce and mm-hmm. I just happened to help, like stay to help my dad um, raise my brother for a while. And then, yeah, got married, had babies and then there was another opportunity where well another situation where we thought that we were going to have to leave due to lack of work for my Mm ex-husband um but then he managed to get a woodside job so again that Mm. kept us here so Mm -hmm. I don't know that just opportunities just kept coming up that were just bigger and better and and we're still here. <laughs> so, so what, what's changed for you? Obviously, there's some, some big things that have changed, obviously, in Karatha. But is there anything that sort of stands out the most? Yeah, you? I was actually pondering this over the last couple of days. And I think it's really interesting that, um, you know, change happens over time, right? Mm. So it's never really felt like a significant impact has happened. Mm. But I was thinking about it and my um, primary school, like um, at Karatha Primary, no longer exists. Mm. It's been rebuilt and it's like, you know, still in the same like semi location, but mm-hmm. it is not the original on the original site. My high school no longer exists. Right. The high school's yes, been moved. True. The hospital I was born in yes. doesn't exist anymore. So obviously we lost Nickel Bay Hospital and we have the Karatha Health Campus. Um, the street numbers in Bulgara aren't the same anymore. So all the street nu- the mm. the street numbers I grew up in, like they don't exist. <laughs> like I was that that kind of dawned on me. I was like, oh wow. Like so yeah, I definitely you know obviously I when I started driving here there was no tra- there was yeah, no traffic no lights. Traffic yeah, and obviously the biggest one of all, the main street wasn't the same. Are you aware of that? Yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah. remember when I turned up, I honestly, first impression of Karatha was it's a dog's breakfast. But I was like, where is the CBD? Like, where's the I know, town, right? right? That main street was just a nightmare. Did, uh, did people no. think of that? Like, that's what I always find interesting because to me it just makes common sense that how it is now. 100%. But, yeah. But, but when you think back, right, so Bulgara was built first. And so that Welcome Road where you've got the um, Shell Service Station and all of that shopping district in Headland Place, mm-hmm. that was the original shopping district of Karatha. Mm, there was no shopping centre. Further on, So it's yeah. kind of been built that way. Then the village was built on after yeah. the shopping centre. So, And then I think afterwards they were like, well, that Welcome Road wasn't, and I think that's why it's called Welcome Road, because yeah. that was actually the original Main Street. True, true. Yep. And I, I guess that was the the edge of town, right? So it doesn't. And now we've built sort of all around. All it. the way, yeah, and yeah. all the way down, yeah. yeah. So um, it's very different. Like I was six years old when um, Tambray Primary School was built, mm. so it just kind of, yeah, town just kind of got built in that direction. <laughs> now, because I when I first came to town, so it's nearly twelve years ago. 
And maybe it's because I didn't have kids, but I always have this feeling that there were like kind of like no kids in Carafa. And obviously that's completely <laughs> wrong. But when you think about town now, like it's so heavily kid friendly. Mm-hmm. Like you go, we used to only have that one basketball court, right? Yeah. The KC, um, the old rec centre. Yeah. Uh, and now we've got multiple courts and they're always booked out. And yeah. It's full and overflowing with kids. Mm-hmm. D- growing up, did you feel like there were a lot of kids in town? Um, I. Probably not as much as what there is now. Like, you know, my daughter's at high school and the numbers at the high school are huge Mm. compared to what they were when I was at school. I remember our graduating class was a big class number and I think we only, there were like 98 kids. Okay. So I think they're into like multiple hundreds Mm. like here now. Um, um, I know what else to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I guess because sport, I mean, has grown so much and mm-hmm. now you can play like multiple sports against mm-hmm. mo- multiple different mm-hmm. um, teams and that. Was that what Sports it was, like? was always huge, oh, yeah. Was always big? Yep, sports was always huge. Um, my parents um, played softball. Um, another little fun fact, um, I've got memories of them playing um, on the Hearsons Village Oval. Hearsons mm. Village doesn't exist no. obviously anymore, yeah. I've seen some great photos it's of that. that. Yeah, so yeah. I've got I've got fond memories of that. Um, yeah, sports always been huge. I think back then too, people had to make their own fun. Yeah. Um, and sports was a huge thing. Associations were, were around like right when I was, um, yeah, young. Now, Fienacle Festival is just around the corner. Oh, my God, corner. yes. Yeah. Have you been to everyone since you've been to town? <laughs> I have not missed Fienacle. <laughs> and I would be so dark at my parents if they had have taken us away on Fienacle weekend. Uh, and especially living in Bulgara, uh, it was it was amazing because we could just walk from home. Walk yeah, there. we'd just go over for lunch and come mm. back and mum and dad were just, you know, Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Eating all the time, show yeah, bags, exactly. all the good stuff. Uh, so if, there, if you had the, the power to do anything, mm-hmm. unlimited budget, Alana. Oh, God. Is there anything you'd bring to town or change to town? Is there anything you'd like to say? Um, on, on the note of changing anything, I, I kind of don't. I kind of try not to have a big opinion about about that mm-hmm. because I think our city of Karatha does an amazing job. Mm-hmm. I think they really do listen to what the ratepayers want, and um, they have like you know the community survey every year. Um, I feel like all of our local councillors are very open to hearing what we have to say. I think the challenges that we have in Karatha are not just Karatha yeah. issues, um, and I think once you start to unpack that and get back, you know, down to the crux of what the problems are, I don't think anyone can just make like wave a magic wand or throw buckets of money at it. Um, there's obviously cool things that I'd love to see here. Like we'd love everyone would love a Bunnings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the consensus. <laughs> there's some controversial things I could probably say. I think um, the art on the tank. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, a little bit I've, from the feedback I get through the salon, it can be quite contentious. Yep, yep. Um, so there's definitely little things, but in the scheme of it all, I don't think that anything's really going to change um, mm. Karatha and the, the experience of living here. Mm-hmm. I think the city have done a really great job over the last, God, 20, 30 years of really modernising Karatha and really, like I said, changing the scape and seeing like where, um, like, where it's going to go in the next 10 to 20 years, I think is really exciting. Mm. Well, let's talk about your business and, and mm-hmm. what you do up here. So Balam, mm-hmm. you started that. When did you start that? That was uh, 20, 2015. 2015. So back then, right, it mm-hmm. was t- sort of a little bit tucked away mm-hmm. uh, in an old building, whereas yep. now you're at the, the new Pelagos mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the CBD. Uh, what inspired you to, to start the business and you know, do it yourself? Um, you know... Definitely at the time, I was looking around at the other salons that I could possibly work at and I just didn't see that I fit. Mm-hmm. 
I feel, I was already working as a beauty therapist in town and I really wanted to create a workplace that I wanted to work in um, and also create a great environment for other beauty therapists. Um, you know, some of the other businesses um, that were existing at the time, they're no longer in existence, um, the culture within the workplace like wasn't very healthy mm-hmm. and so you know that was like one of my main goals was not just to create a beautiful experience for clients but also create an amazing workplace you know for young up-and-coming beauty therapists to really thrive well that's something you, know. you do i know that you take on a lot of apprentices yeah no we do it's um you know we're really proud of our um i guess our um, st- um training strategies like mm-hmm. within the within the salon i work very closely with both the high schools. We take on um, um, a lot of work, workplace experience girls. Um, I've just had like three in the last like three months, so they come in for a period. Oh, yeah. um, I've had three successful school-based trainees come through that are all in traineeships doing their Cert 4s and they'll all be qualified within like the next like 18 months. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication. Like every Wednesday, it's meant to be on my RDO, but I'm in the salon, I'm <laughs> training, I'm upskilling. Um, but I love it, you know, like it just, yeah, I, I love them. I love all my seniors. I just really love the workplace that we've created. What's the hardest beauty procedure to teach? What's something that newbies often struggle with? Um, you know, some... It's more on confidence. Yeah, okay. It's, yeah, um, and I would say brows and your intimate waxing is very, like, very hand in hand. You know, um, it's very daunting for a young girl to, you know, be doing intimate waxing anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but then brows, it's on your face, right? So don't stuff <laughs> they don't want to get out of like, one bad eyebrow wax. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's hard to come back from. Yeah. So, you know, it's they're, they're the things, the two things that we definitely teach early on, but they don't actually touch clients for uh, paying mm. clients for a long time. Yep. It's normally something they d- we don't actually offer as a full price service until ve- like 18 months at the end of their traineeship. Mm. I remember I came in once for an eyebrow <laughs> wax with you. You'd be chewed for another one, perhaps. <laughs> I think I oh, I mean, I, I don't know how women do it because uh, it's pretty painful. I, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that painful, but it's more the thought of it, I think, of it being sort of torn no, off. Yeah, psyching yourself yeah, up back into that. And I don't that. know if I could ever do I like how you call it intimate. Yeah. In- <laughs> <laughs> An intimate wax, yeah. <laughs> I think I'll pass on that. Do many blokes come in for intimate waxes? Um, we do do male intimate waxing in right. the salon. We do have a therapist that's trained in that. Not all the girls offer that service. Yeah. That's another thing that we um, really focus on in the business too is that I have um, like all my therapists only do preferred treatments. So uh, we have a lot of competitors in the city of Karatha. Um, we should probably fact, fact check with the city exactly how many, but they're I'd be, I'd say up of 20. Yeah, okay. You know, um, and so for me, um, you know, trying to create a work environment where people wouldn't want to just go work from home, mm-hmm. um, I really had to unpack that. I really had to look and see, okay, well, like what, uh, other than obviously less overheads and they're, you know, going to make a little bit of extra money, mm-hmm. um, I really had to kind of, you know, figure out like why, why are all these people leaving salons to go work from home? Mm. And um, a lot of, a lot of it is can be from bad experiences where they've worked in workplaces where they don't have great culture. Yeah. Um, another part of it is that a lot of um, traditional salons um, will, because beauty therapy, right, we learn so much. We do pedicures, manicures, um, spray tanning, waxing, um, like, the, like the list goes on. And so 
a lot of therapists don't actually like to do everything or they just might not be good mm-hmm. at doing everything or their training might have let them down or they might have had some bad experiences doing that type of treatment. So, you know, they come to a point in their careers where they're kind of like, well, I love to do brows, but I don't really want to do, I don't really want to do massage anymore, mm. you know. So um, I tried to create an environment in my salon where my, my therapists get to actually choose mm-hmm. not on a daily basis yeah, obviously yeah. but you know when they come on board I'm like what do you like to do what do you not like to do what are you comfortable with what are you confident in what are you not confident you know would extra training help you want to you know do that treatment yeah. and, and if they they say no this is all I want to do amazing that's mm-hmm. all they do so and as long as they're obviously doing excelling at that and yeah. being fully booked with that then I don't have a problem with that yeah sort of make it their niche yeah exactly yeah. make it their niche and the other challenge with that with being a business owner in my situation is that I have to be very adaptive because I might only have a therapist for a short time because Karatha is transient mm-hmm. and I'd rather have them for a short time than not at all. So I might have someone for six months who specializes in something and then they go. And if we haven't had the opportunity to kind of pass that training on to some of the other therapists, well then unfortunately like we can no longer mm-hmm. offer that service yeah. anymore. So our pri- everyone says all the time, like, why don't you have a price list? I'm like, cause I change it every, yeah. <laughs> every three months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I've to make I have to make changes so rather than have redundant you know um, treatment menus yeah. out there yeah we just keep it all online let it keep it flowing so beauty treatment mm-hmm. were you the girl in year 11 and 12 before the Deb sort of doing everyone's makeup no no I was the girl at Speedway getting dirty <laughs> like, I was not a girly girl and even my male friends they're like they're like like, yeah, they can't believe that I'm actually a beauty therapist. And when they come to the salon to buy their girlfriends a gift voucher, they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so how did that happen then? Um, I fell into it. I, uh, To be honest, I planned, planned on going to uni. I wanted to, I wanted to be an archaeologist. Okay. I wanted to dig up dinosaur bones and like, you know, <laughs> be in, I watched too many Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Jurassic Park. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of like, you know, what where I thought like, you know, my, uh, my passion or my interest would be and... Then after staying here, um, uh, I didn't even get into beauty until after my children were going off to school. Okay. And I kind of just thought, okay, what could I do where I go to work and I um, you know, don't really have to take anything home mm-hmm. at that point? And it really was fulfilling at that time. But then I just started craving more. Mm-hmm. Started craving more, like I wanted to take on more. And that's when that evolved from beauty to actually having a business. I actually studied a diploma of um um, of business management um, when I was 19 at the TAFE here right. when I was just kind of, you know, going, all right, well, I'm not going to be getting to uni, like, but what do I want to do? So I think deep down I always knew I was going to be a business owner. Um, I just happened to be good at beauty. Mm-hmm. And then that's where that kind of path, Ooh, like, travelled through. Interesting. Yeah. Can't imagine you as an archaeologist. Oh. Very different to, to now, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have any, uh, we always ask the, our guests this, do you have any secret sort of party tricks or something that people wouldn't know about you? If they meet oh, Alana God. in the salon yeah. and you could tell them something, would really surprise them. I could do the splits. <laughs> yeah, well, that is good. <laughs> Is that from, uh... I haven't busted that out for a few years, though. <laughs> I'm not going to make you do it. Don't worry. But is that uh, from a life of gymnastics? Um, or so dance yeah, I did. Or... Yeah, dance and calisthenics growing up. I feel like it's actually just ligament damage now. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> stayed with you. Yeah, it stayed. I guess if you start doing it at a young enough age, yeah, your, your muscle memory and everything just holds true. Yeah, Ooh. I can't do it on one one side anymore, but yeah, I can still do it um, right leg forward. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and now, now that your kids are uh, grown up, you've only got one left uh, at school here. Mm-hmm. Your other, your other daughter's off to to uni. Yeah. Um, what do you love most about still living in Karratha now after all the changes? And um, I still love the community. Mm-hmm. I still love the community. I love that my clients become my friends. I love that you know. Um, I can go to a sporting event and I can, you know, this see people I know. I can go to the pub and you bump into someone you know. Like, I I love that about living in Karratha. I feel like it's not lonely. Mm. Well, how long does the shopping trip at the local supermarket take you? you oh, God. No, I have to go at, like, I try and go, like, at 7 a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, growing up, my mum, it was horrible with my mum because she used to actually own a hairdressing salon in town. Right. Um, so she I knew guess. Everyone. Yeah, she knew every. Oh, it was awful. And I hated it when she would take my sister and I in turns to um, go shopping with her. And I used to hate it when it was my turn because you just end up pushing the trolley along and just like putting something yeah. for her. <laughs> I mean, my daughter now hates going to the shops with me. I yeah. think for that reason because yeah. she'll just be standing there going, Dad. Yeah, can we go? Can we go? Like when you yep. try to have a conversation. With I know. Someone. I'm really lucky that Rodney works at the shops, yeah, like in the butchers. True. So he does all of our little, you know, like nightly brings home whatever we kind of need. But yeah, still have to do that, you know, that bigger, bigger shop on a Sunday with him. Interesting combo, butcher mm-hmm. and the beauty <laughs> therapist <laughs> in the same house. Uh, I mean, I used to work in the deli, and I remember my clothes. Dunk. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got a particular routine for him when he comes home to no, not stick out the house? It's so funny. Like, um, if anything that Rodney s- smells like when he comes home, it's more um like smoked meat. Okay. Yeah, because well, that's they quite pleasant, yeah because he they smoke their own hams there. Right. Like they do. Yeah, it's. Um, they smoke beer sticks and other bits and pieces. So yeah, if anything, he smells more well, of smell. comforting. Yeah, yeah. than than <laughs> than offensive. Oh, that's good. It's a good combination to have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Alana, really appreciate you uh, coming in, sharing your story Thank today you. on the podcast, and uh, good to chat. Yeah, same. From round the corner to your street and neighbourhood, this is Pablo for breakfast. Triple A.